either Wednesday or Friday, and it's not Friday, but it's Wednesday, and it's time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Joining us in the studios this week, your realty expert, John Brodeen. We have got all kinds of fun things to talk about, and we'll be right back with John Brodeen for Berkshire Hathaway after this. Look, if home feels too big, let's get you a smaller one. And it's okay if the process seems daunting or you're having a hard time letting go. Because our network agents have the expertise to help you downsize and get you to just the right size. Now, let's go get you home. Hey, how about that? You ever uh, get into one of those commercials yourself, John? No, they, they won't hire me. I'm too ugly. <laughs> Well, quit getting beat up in the <laughs> ring all the time. How you been? Good, man. How about you? Good. Been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, anything new in your world? New and exciting going on? Um, I am. I'm currently working on buying a rental property. So oh. I've got one under contract closing soon. So working on lining things up for that. Uh, Carolyn and I are redoing our kitchen. That's getting a little oh, closer. Oh boy! So mm-hmm. kicking out stuff for that. Um, so fun but- stuff. Will this be your first rental property that you own? Nope. Uh, this is, it's a duplex, so it'll be my fourth and fifth units. Oh wow! Yeah. So you're kind of like, uh, are you turning into a slumlord? No, no, my <laughs> stuff's pretty decent. Good. I don't okay. like the crappy stuff because yeah, if you, if you got the lowest rents in town, mm. you're also going to be having the biggest headaches in town. Mm-hmm, sure. sure. And I would imagine when you have a little bit of a nicer place, it's uh, probably easier to get good renters that maybe stay a little longer. Yep. It is, and the other thing is, uh, when you've got decent places, you when the market goes up, you're you're going to get better appreciation on those properties. Mm-hmm. They're in better neighborhoods. Um, the basically like the ceiling is higher for how much that property could be worth. One oh, day. okay. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned when the market goes up, uh, what is the market like now? Yeah, so the market's doing great still. Um, you know, the the busiest month of the year uh, for pendings was May. Um, so we're almost to the end of June. We've still got a day where pendings and closings could be going through. Um, the month of June saw 73 homes go pending. There are currently 29 homes active contingent upon home inspection, 164 active listings on the market. That includes those 29 active home inspection, uh, deals, um, 113 new listings hit the market during June. 117 homes closed during June. That's by far the highest number of closings so far this year. That was a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, the houses that went under contract in April and May that closed during June. Um, Out of those 117 closings, average days on market of 98 days. Average sale price a little higher than usual, 274 and some change. Um, now a, a month is a pretty small sample size, so I wouldn't put too much into that number because that, you know, we had a month where the average sale price was two thirty four, mm-hmm. um, which you know, at the end of the year we'll do a, re, a year recap and see what the actual average sale sure. price was over the course of the whole year. Um, when you take the number of active listings divided by the number of pendings, we get the months of inventory. That's what we find out if it's a buyer's or seller's market. Lately, it's just been finding out how strong of a seller's market it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> anything under six months is a seller's market. It's at 2.25 months of inventory. So it would take 2.25 months for all of those 164 listings to sell if they continued selling at the same rate and no new listings hit the market. Wow. Um, 
And you that's know, actually, it's actually been going up. Like the lowest month was April at 1.82 months. Then it was at 2.01 months in May and June, if everything stays about where it's at, it's at 2.25. All right. You mentioned, uh, I think you said 98 days uh, average on the market. Is is that about typical? That's actually a lot lower than average. Oh, it is? Um, yeah. The the last few years have averaged anywhere from you know around 120 to 140 days on mm-hmm. market when you look at the whole year. Now, it's a small sample size, so it could just be a coincidence. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's very low. And you're probably seeing a contract to close time of about 50 days. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, out of those 117 closings, on average, they those those houses accepted offers, um, you know, within 40 days of or in about 40 days of listing on average. Mm-hmm. So, um, Does anybody ever do the contract for deed thing anymore? No, there's not much. So the Whenever anybody asks you um, if you're willing to do contract for deed, first off, the house has to be paid off. Mm-hmm. Not very many people have paid off houses because mm-hmm. the bank's not going to allow you to basically um, do another loan to somebody else while you're still being required to pay them because they, right. don't, they don't know that you're going to underwrite that new person properly. And usually if somebody's asking for contract for deed, it's because usually the biggest issue is credit or mm-hmm. they have kind of um, some sort of unconventional <clears throat> source of income where they can't qualify for a loan yet um, because, you know, maybe the bank is requiring a longer history of them making this income, whether they're self-employed or there's some other situation happening there. Um, and with the, how low interest rates are right now, there's there's really not right. much point to it. You know, I know a guy uh, owned a big, big bar uh, down by the Twin Cities okay. and sold it for contract for deed. And he did this like five times over the period of seven years and he came out smelling like a rose on that yeah. thing because, you know, they'd, you'd get a new buyer in there. They'd pay, you know, make their payments and then default on a payment. He gets it back. Yeah. And it happened over and over and over again. He, he probably struck. And, and it is more common to do, you know, different sorts of seller financing in the commercial world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, financing a portion of it and the bank financing the other portion of it. There's a lot more creativity that happens in the commercial real estate world. Um but likely what he was doing is he was requiring a substantial down payment from each mm-hmm. person um, to cover his risk. And, you know, if they don't pay, then he actually comes out ahead because he secured that down payment from yep. them that that buyer doesn't get back. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised at all that he came out good on it. Um, yeah, that's I, I that's didn't mean awesome. to get you off topic. No, here, no, but, no, uh, that's OK. <laughs> I, I love those questions. That's a great question. Um, no, yeah, the, the interest rates are still at 2.875. We just were mentioning interest rates. Uh, it's still very low. Um, you know, it's, it's a, that's a big incentive for, for move, people to move right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know, they want to move while that interest rate's low. Um, it creates a lot of demand. So typically, you know, so the um, active listings are at 164 right now. That's the highest it's been so far this year. So there's 164 houses on the market right now in the city of grand Forks, okay residential only so okay. whenever i give you these numbers i should i should uh just specify it's grand forks only residential only okay um that's what we're interested in so yeah 164 listings on the market but uh at the end of um at the end of may beginning of june there were 152 at the end of uh april there were 135 at the end of March, there were 155. At the end of February, there were 138. Usually, the highest number of active listings is going to be around August or September um, in that late summer months. 
Um, the strongest seller's market of the year is when there's the most activity um, in comparison to the active listings that are on the market. Usually the highest activity months in comparison to how many active listings there are are going to be like April and May. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's almost like a spring and fall thing, isn't it? Yep, it's very seasonal. Um, and then in the wintertime, you're going to see the fewest active listings on the market, um, but dramatically fewer houses going pending. Mm-hmm. Um, like the like, if I just look at what how many houses went pending in uh, in December, it was 42. So that's practically half of the busiest month of the year so far, 79. Wow. Um, so it's it's a very seasonal market. That's just the way it goes. Um, and the strongest sellers market almost every single year is that you know late late spring early summertime um, that's when inventory hasn't caught up you know you see the inventory get higher late summer because uh, activity maybe starts to slow a little bit mm-hmm. some of those listings that were maybe uh, overpriced are going to be sitting around for a little while um, that sort of thing so um, now you say 164 houses now on the market in Grand Forks how many of these have you actually seen? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I would say maybe like in in person, mm-hmm. maybe like thirty some, yeah, roughly, yeah. You know, um, it it really depends which price ranges I have buyers in at the time, how many buyers I'm working with. There's times when I'm not working as with with as many buyers, but I'll have a lot of listings of my own. Sure. Um, and then there's other times where maybe I'll have a few different buyers, so I get really, really. I'm in pretty much every house in a certain price range mm-hmm. that's on the market. Now you mentioned the two point eight seven five percent interest rate. Yes. Now what what was the lowest it got to? Do you remember? Um, well, I do have it written down. <clears throat> if you could give me a second here. Um, the lowest that it's been, so the lowest that it's been in 2021 is 2.625, and that was back in January. It was at 2.625 in late 2020. Um, yeah, and I think that's, so I think 2.625, it might have hit 2.5 for a very short time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's a certain lender that sends out their rates every year. Yeah, and, and the reason I ask you that is because we all knew that, uh, it was going to start going up, mm-hmm. and obviously it is now at 2.875%. So, I mean, this is still a hot time yeah. if you're looking to buy yourself a new home. Yeah, and they actually they rose slightly. So, they you know, you saw 2.625. Then it jumped up to 3. It was at 3 at the end of February. Um, then at the end of March, it was at 2.99. And then since then, it's been at about 2.875. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, I don't see the, it, it wouldn't be very wise for them to raise rates um, dramatically just because that, that just really affects the affordability of houses for oh, the yeah. average person. Uh, they don't want to do that. The reason they subsidize loans is to be able to offer lower interest rates so that homes are more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, wh- however you feel about that, that's just the way it is. So they don't want to really go back on that because that that kind of hurts the consumer and it makes home ownership less possible for, you know, right. people. Do you have a house now um, under your listing or whatever that, that is just driving you nuts because you haven't sold it? Is there just that one in your mind? You're thinking, why in the world aren't people making offers on this? Or does that not happen very often with John Brody? doesn't happen very often with John Brody. You can, you can ask the agents at my office. But I had one that was a one-bedroom, um, and it's a little harder to sell mm. one-bedroom, but 
and that that took longer than my average listing takes to sell. Um, it was a little bit of a struggle, but we actually still set the record for the highest one bedroom sale in MLS history. Wow! Um, it, it was a it was a nice little place. It's just the problem is there's not that many people in the market for a one bedroom, and mm-hmm. at the time, the lowest end price range um, was a little bit down. You know, there was a lot of active inventory sitting down, and that that's changed. Um, that that was kind of in the late winter. Uh, that that was the case and that's mm-hmm. changed now there's there's fewer um you know it's balanced out again so there used to be where there was kind of a soft spot in the market where it was the low low price point stuff was all really sitting around for quite a while now that's really balanced back out and it's looking good again well you know you always hear uh people are looking to upgrade and get bigger yeah. um <clears throat> but then once you get to be like my age and all of a sudden you're an empty nester in a big house uh, people start to think about downsizing yeah yeah and and when you see so when I see people who are retiring and wanting to downsize, you know, moving out of their big house with four bedrooms and getting, I see a lot of those people really gravitate towards the single level, like two bedroom mm-hmm. townhomes that are newer, uh, all on one level, yep. uh, nicer though, newer, um, and they're a little smaller because they don't have a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all on one level, but they're still a fair size. You know, yeah. there's, there's two bedrooms, so there's a lot of living area. They have a two-cell garage still. Um, I've had many clients who are in that same uh, mindset mm-hmm. gravitate towards those type of homes in Grand Forks. Well, I know that's uh, what I envision. Yeah. Uh, one day is everything on one floor. And uh, if I could, somebody to do my shoveling and my mowing. And that's what you get with <laughs> yeah, those, you know. Exactly. And, and you can still get a nice big uh, garage in a lot mm-hmm. of cases, um, you know. Uh, plenty of storage, nice big living areas. You know, when you don't have to have four bedrooms packed into a house, right? It feels like a, a big house mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you have so much living area. The kitchens are wide open; they're very nice. Yeah, yeah, and if you want the relatives to come over, just pitch a tent in the backyard for them, and, and they'll be fine, right? Well, yeah, and then you maybe there's less expectation there. If you, yeah. <laughs> oh well, we really only have one extra bedroom, and it's it's set up as an office now. So yeah, yeah. There's I'm, a great hotel down there. Yeah. <laughs> with all the amenities. Yeah. 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 Um, I I tell you what, how does somebody get a hold of realty expert John Brodine? Uh, cell phone, text message, or call 701 213 5428. Also, follow my Facebook business page for regular market updates, lots of uh, in- uh, educational information for local homeowners. Uh, that's John Brodine, Berkshire Hathaway Realtor on Facebook. Now, we're going to be seeing you again on Friday, so uh, yep. don't go get beat up uh, between now and Friday, I'll, okay? I'll try to stay pretty until then. All right, try hard. <laughs> There you go, John Brodine. He's your realty expert with Berkshire Hathaway. And you know, uh, if you're thinking about buying or selling a house with John Brodine and it maybe needs a little tweaking, get a hold of Executive Properties. They do all types of commercial and residential work, whether you need a new bathroom or kitchen or a garage. Check out the reviews on Facebook and Google. You're going to love their work. Or go to executiveproperties.org or call 701-330-1273. With Executive Properties and Berkshire Hathaway, have that perfect house. John Brodine will be back on Friday. But for today, there you go. That's your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast.